Let's go to hockey now. In South Africa, hockey plans to go commercial with a privatization blueprint. The Frontier are involved. Uh, let's, uh, we're joined by Frontier Sports and Entertainment MD Richard Glover and Frontier are involved in establishing SA Hockey PTY Limited. Let's find out more. Richard, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for having me on air. Greetings from a balmy Randburg. Ah, yeah, it is indeed. It's, uh, it hasn't started raining yet, has it? No, not yet. Okay, maybe. Knock on wood. Okay, hockey. Obviously, so, okay. First of all, were you watching the men play today? I didn't get the men's score. Yeah, the men are still playing at the moment. It was goalless at halftime in the final. Um, uh, the second half just got underway. Okay, and the women convinced me through. So, officially, they've qualified for the Olympic Games, but we're not sure yet. We're not sure yet. That's exactly <laughs> right. All right, so, obviously, maybe you can turn these things around. If South Africa, if hockey starts making money, that's the plan, right? That's exactly the plan, yeah. Exactly right. Um, hockey's, in a, hockey's in a very interesting space, actually, both globally and in South Africa. I mean, I, I think most people who are listening probably view hockey very much as a Cinderella sport. Yeah. But it, there's, there's something of a revolution um, that's underway in hockey, both, as I said, globally and in South Africa. And I'll give you three few stats, which are absolutely fascinating. London 2012 Olympics. Hockey was actually the third biggest ticket seller after oh. football and track and field at the Olympics. Okay. And the most fascinating thing about hockey, it's very much a gender-neutral sport, 50-50 male and female support. Mm-hmm. And in, in South Africa, the data shows us that hockey has grown in, in interest among South Africans from 22% to 28% of South Africans in the last year. So something very exciting is happening in hockey at the moment. They're winning. I think that helps as well. Of course it does, yeah. I mean, you, you, can, you can do as much as you can commercially off the field, but ultimately you want winning teams. Mm. That always helps. There's an article David Isaacson wrote uh, along with Kevin Watt, and he was saying that the average, the average cricket fan spends 150 rand a day on food and drinks watching international domestic cricket. How much does a hockey fan spend? Um, look, hockey's a much shorter sport. I mean, cricket, you're looking six, seven, maybe eight hours for, for one day international test cricket. So yeah. it's slightly less than that. But I think Kelvin makes a very valid point that um, a lot of federations in South Africa focus obsessively on sponsorship for, to try and survive, which mm-hmm. is fine, but there's so much more money out there in, in the sort of the commercial ecosystem which, which can be exploited. How? Okay, explain that to me. Well, I'll give you an example. I, um, I was lucky enough to spend five years working for Arsenal Football Club, mm. um, obviously one of the, the premier football clubs in the, in the Premier League. Mm. Um, and the fascinating thing about Arsenal is if you look at their business model, um, they, they turn over just over 300 million pounds a year, give or take a few million pounds, which is an incredible <laughs> amount of money. Mm. And sponsorship only accounts for about 20% of that. Okay. Um, a lot of money comes from broadcasting rights, but about 33 to 34% of their revenue, annual revenue, comes from match day revenue. Ticketing, food and beverage, mm-hmm. hospitality. And that's a, a mindset that we really need to get into in South African sports. Are people willing to pay for hockey, though? What, what do you mean in terms of tickets? Ticket sales. I know rugby is, what, 350 bucks or 500 rand of tickets, and football's 40 rand of tickets. So where does hockey fit in there? Yeah, hockey, hockey fits in more towards the football side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's also educating people about the product, and it's also about improving the event product as well. Right. Um, and that's really what we're trying to do is, is really enhance the event experience that people think, okay, spending 70, 80, 90, 100 grand is actually worthwhile and is actually a bargain in the hockey environment. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, if you, if you put on tournaments like the one that's on the go now where there are four or five matches for 100 bucks, suddenly it's, it's definitely worth it. It does. And I mean, I think the... Um, if, if you were down in Randburg today, you'd be blown away by the size of the crowd. I mean, even I've been surprised. It's mm. been a massive turnout and a massive endorsement for South African hockey today. Big crowds in Randburg. How will this money change hockey? Obviously, it's all very well to have SA Hockey PTY Limited. Does that mean that the girls won't have to pay their own way to take part in tournaments? 
I mean, I think that's that's one of the, one of the definitely the short term goals. Um, but but really, it's about it's almost what we call creating a, a, a virtuous circle. And if you if you just bear with me for a second, what you do is you, you start by looking at the event experience, as I said earlier, mm-hmm. improving that. That leads to delivering a world class event. That leads to increased interest and engagement from hockey fans. That leads to a, a bigger brand profile for the sports of hockey, which in turn allows you to drive revenue, which then allows you to invest back in the sports. And you start that whole cycle again, and that's right. what we're trying to achieve. And really help professionalize both the men and women's teams, and then allow some of that money to also be driven down into the grassroots game, which I must say is an incredibly healthy state in South Africa. Mm. It's really, really exciting, particularly at school level. It is a blueprint, is there? and that was the intro. So this could work for hockey, then it might work for all the other great sports that we're good at, and we're just not getting money for it. Exactly right. I mean, there's, there's such huge potential within South African sports, both from a talent perspective, but also from a commercial perspective. And I, I really hope we can make a success of hockey. Uh, hockey, I think we will. It's not going to be a short-term solution. It's mm. going to take a few years. These things always do. But I'm really hoping that it does become a blueprint for other, other sports federations in South Africa. Now, you say it's all about the, the actual experience. Uh, it's got to be comfortable. There's got to be food to eat that's, uh, that's, that's uh, easy to get to. There's got to be a couple of beers. It's got to be the, the whole experience. Maybe a little musical show as well, I guess. It's, it's what golf is doing these days. Yeah, I mean, we must remember in South African sports, we, we're competing against so many other entertainment mediums at the moment. Um, in the 80s, when we, were, we had full stadiums, or in the early 90s, there was very little competition. But now... There's so much competition for a consumer's round that sport across this country really needs to raise its game in terms of the event experience. And it, it covers all those elements, as you said, but it, it doesn't just cover that. It covers parking. It covers toilets. You know, the number one um, issue amongst female sports fans in this country, and the reason why they don't attend live matches, be it cricket, football, rugby, whatever, is actually the state of the toilets. So it's actually <laughs> getting the basics right. It's starting with toilets. Uh. That's my message. Yeah, I've I've, I've uh, heard a podcast of a, a lady sports reporter saying that they they hide the women's toilets away. It's difficult for women to get to the toilets. Yeah, I've actually never been in any ladies' toilets. Yeah, in the <laughs> stadium, so I'll have, to, I'll have to go on what they say. But, uh, I agree with you. It's a bit, pretty much an afterthought in South African sports. How will you know if this is a success in us, Richard? And how long are you giving yourself? You say it's long term. Yeah, I mean, I think we we want to be in a position probably in the next four-year cycle, so probably going into the, the 2020 Olympics, which are in Tokyo, right. where we want to be in a position where we've, we've hit a lot of our objectives. So I think we're pretty much giving ourselves a, a four-year plan. Mm. And ultimately, it, it really comes down to success on the field. If we have two healthy and um, competitive men's and women's national teams, then that's obviously a big tick in the box. But it's more than that. It's obviously having a very vibrant um, hockey infrastructure within this country, mm. through schools, clubs, universities, etc. So there's a lot of work to be done. When we were talking about hockey yesterday, we were saying there's so many astroturfs going up now. It just seems as if the sport is growing. The the, the varsity hockey seems to be successful. It, it it has potential to be one of the greatest sports we have in the country. No, it's massive. It, re- it really is a hockey revolution in this country. A lot of the sports retailers are, will tell you that they actually can't bring in enough hockey equipment or apparel. It's just flying off the shelves. It's, it's actually outselling other more established sports categories at the moment. And for me, that's always a really good barometer of, of a, of a state of a sport and where a sport's going as well.
All right, thank you very much for joining us, and good luck to you, Richard Glover. Richard from Frontier Sports and Entertainment is the MTMD there, as SA Hockey plans to go commercial with a privatization blueprint, create SA Hockey PTY Limited, and good luck to them as well, uh, along with Kevin Watt to form a hockey association, has teamed up with Kelvin Watt as well. Uh, just to update you on the New York Marathon, congratulations, Ernst van Dijk won the New York Marathon's Pro Push Room for Men, he won at the time of 1 hours, 30 minutes and 54 seconds seconds, beating Josh George of the U.S. by less than one second. Uh, Ernst van Dijk, congratulations, winning against George Josh George. Marcel Hug of Switzerland was second, with Hiroyuki Yamamoto of uh, Japan in fourth place. Kurt Fernley of Australia finishing in fifth place. So congratulations to Ernst van Dijk. Another New York Marathon title for him. Uh, for the women, Tatiana McFadden of America won it, 1 hour 43. That's the women's push room, by the way. Uh, Manuel Shah of Switzerland coming second, with Sandra Graf of Switzerland coming in in third place. The men and women are busy racing as we speak. Uh, just point eight seven or eight eight point seven miles has been run already. There's a bunch of uh, let's have a look over ten runners altogether at the moment. So as soon as we get a result from the New York Marathon, I'll do my best to get it to you. Uh, SMS. Uh, let's get update you on what's happening in the football quickly. Uh, Bologna with their two nil lead over Atalanta. Otherwise, that's about it. Roger Federer up against Rafael Nadal. Federer four three up in the third set. It's one all. So far, one set apiece. Roger Federer, 4-3 up in the third set. Let's go to football development now. It's a story we love to follow here on SAFM Sports Special. The Danon Nations Cup World Final. Morocco won it. They beat Mexico 3-1 in front of a home crowd of 22,000 people to clinch the title. Let's see how Team South Africa did. Uh, we're joined by the coach, Dave Kalicharan. Dave, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, my pleasure, John. And how did South Africa do? Well, it started off very well for us where we played in the group section which where we qualified to go into the next round. Mm. We finished up second in the group. It was a very tough group. We beat Belgium and we drew with the one the very strong Netherlands team and that helped us go into the next round. In the next round we lost to Germany in the knockout uh, section. Okay, so that's <laughs> it's kinda of like Bafana Bafana as well. That's correct. <laughs> but uh the competition is very tough. Yeah, very, very tough. It's okay. So just so we understand, the the denominations cap ten to twelve year old boys. They go ahead. We've had the cap. We had your captain come in and he chatted to us. It's more about the experience. What was it like? The experience was something awesome. Mm-hmm. You know the teams that we played against and the teams that were there mentally very strong, physically very strong, mm-hmm. and they were from a technical point of view they were on top of the game. So from that we have learned quite a bit. That you know when we are preparing. We have to look at our physical ability, where our team was about the smallest team from the 31 countries or the 32 countries. And uh, we have to do more planning, and that's what it is all about. So it's the experience, wonderful, mm-hmm. more hard work. Dave, why are our players so small? Is it, is it, I mean, we've, we've had, I've spoken to coaches before where they say it's a nutrition thing, uh, it's, a, it's the way we, the country is that we have small players? I think that is the, the problem where we, our nutrition is one that can really help us grow physically. You know, if you look at even the current Bafana team, some of the players are also on the smaller side. Mm. So it's something that we all have to look at as to nutrition. And that is where we, uh, we sort of seek assistance from the big teams, you know, where they should be adopting uh, schools, for example, mm. and assist with the whole because it does become a bit of a financial problem for schools now to really go full out as to 
looking at all the needs of the children. Okay, so the, the, the boys are playing football and girls as well. They're playing football, that's great, but they, they're just not at that right level. 16th in the world, still not bad, let's face it, at the Denon Nations Cup, beating Belgium and England and China. So obviously something fantastic there, but it's just, it's just that next step up that we need to take. Correct, yeah, we have to improve. It's, it's impressive though. I'm just looking at who you beat, and I mentioned England and China. There must be some money there, so that's good news. Yes, you know, sure. Uh, it, the England was quite disappointed. We expected England to come in here with a very strong team, but mm. uh, I think England was very, very disappointed. Uh, the, the same applies to China. Mm. You know, we expected more, more from those teams, but uh, even the Brazil, for another example, they also were not up to the game, up to scratch as mm. what they expect from a Brazilian team. Dave, now the boys are back. What's next for them? Sorry? The, the team is back now. What's next for them? Yeah, yeah, we got back on Tuesday. Mm. So it's just about three And uh, they are back in school. <laughs> they have to now start working hard and pass the year. And then the future, so for some of them, it looks very good. Those of them that are going to high school, you spoke to our captain. He was about the best player. Mm. You know, was the goalkeeper. They 